Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is near. So we celebrate Gaudaute Sunday this day. The church gives us this Sunday to say salvation is drawing near. And so the hope of our heart is going to be incarnated on Christmas, and that's what we do today and celebrate. Going to f- little focus on John the Baptist today, so maybe we can put ourselves in his shoes and what he was experiencing, because I think it's very common to what we're experiencing in our Christian walk as we follow the Lord. So we first meet John really when he is in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, and Mary goes to visit him. And when the Lord comes in the presence in Mary's womb to the presence of Elizabeth and John the Baptist, who's in his mother's womb, what does he do? Leaps for joy. He leaps for joy because he knows salvation has come. But in today's reading, we're kind of at the end of his life. So we're at the very end of his life. He's in prison. Herod Antipas, on the east side of the Dead Sea, has him in prison. His ministry's over. He's dying. He's at the end. And he's trying to make sense of things, as as we all are in this Christian life, to try to understand who the Lord is and how we live for him. So he comes to this, and you might say, it's a psychological term, but he's got cognitive dissonance. You know what that is, when you have thoughts that oppose or contradict each other. So an example of that might be, okay, I know smoking's bad for me, but I'm going to smoke. So you've got this dissonance, you know, you know it's not good for me, but I'll go ahead and do it. So here John is, John the Baptist, at the end of his life, and he's talking about the coming wrath, and the axe will be laid at the root of the tree. In Matthew chapter 3, he's talking about that. And then all of a sudden, he's thinking this is his conception of the Messiah. And then he hears about this Jesus who's like preaching about forgiveness and compassion for those who are wicked and those aren't with the Lord. And so he's dealing with that and he's trying to understand this Messiah. Is this the reward that I get for following Messiah? I'm in prison and I don't understand him. And he's not operating the way that I am telling God to operate because this is the way it works. And so he's experiencing that, and he's got this contradictory things probably going on in his mind, in his brain. Like this Messiah was supposed to be a universal cleanup. Why didn't he just clean up everybody and make them straight and right and holy, just like that? So that's what's happening. Can you think of, especially in your faith, like some cognitive dissonance that maybe goes on in your mind? Maybe if I can get one or two examples, just real quick, that these ideas, this thinking, it contradicts each other, or our behavior contradicts what we're thinking. Do you have any of that that you deal with in your Christian walk, in your faith? Anybody? Cognitive dissonance. It's just contradicting thoughts or action to the thought that you're having. Anybody in the Christian life? Oh, you got it perfect then. You guys, you got it down. Yes. Yeah, I know I shouldn't sin, but I sin, and that's St. Paul, Romans 7. I do the things I don't want to do, but I do. Any others? Dissonance. I know I shouldn't snack when I snack. Yes. Yes. I know it's good for me to go to Mass, but I don't go to Mass. That's right. How about this? This is, this is a hard one for me to say, but... You know, what about the last 20 years in the Catholic Church? Catholic Church, church should be a place of healing. It should be a place of peace. 
And what about the abuse that's happened in that church? That's a lot of dissonance. A lot of people have that dissonance. And right now, for all who's hearing presently or later on a podcast, I apologize for that because the church is supposed to be a place of healing and fullness of life and what's happened there. There's many other examples of dissonance. King David, adulterer, murder, and he gives us some of the most beautiful prose that we could ever imagine in life. How can a Christian call themselves a Christian and be sad when you're in the presence of the Lord and we're supposed to have joy? I mean, the fundamental orientation of our spirit. How is it that my tendency maybe to, for myself to hoard and to grab onto and to secure my financial future, and yet we know that it is in giving that we receive, and the more that we give that away and the more we give our lives away, that our being increases. So there's a lot of different ways that that can happen to our minds is that we have these opposing or contradictory thoughts and opposing or contradictory actions with those thoughts. So here's where John the Baptist is, and he sends emissaries to Jesus. They are to ask Jesus this question, are you the one or is there someone else that we're to be looking for? And Jesus responds with the Isaiah prophecy, I've come to give a year of favor from the Lord, that I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to do all these things on your behalf and your benefit. And so that's what's happening there. And then Jesus goes on to say, blessed is the one who takes no offense with me. What does that mean? Blessed is the one who takes no offense with me. Blessed is the one who doesn't stumble and fall because of who I am but that will come into my presence and adapt to my reality, not vice versa. So come into the presence of the Lord. And we have preconceived ideas. We read about that all the time in the Gospels. Well, this is the way you're supposed to be, Jesus. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how it goes. And Jesus is saying, blessed is this one who is not offended by me, does not stumble in my presence. Because it can be quite different than what we think because we know the Lord's ways are so above our ways. And our way isn't his. So as we come today, the things that we go on in our mind and our thinking, I think the Lord's inviting us and challenging us to receive him as he presents himself to us in all the beautiful and wonderful ways that he gets us there. Just imagine all the stories here in this church this morning. And he's worked with us all so differently, but he's getting us to the same place. And that's what we celebrate as we celebrate this Eucharist. So don't be scandalized if it's different than exactly what you think and our opinions going in. We can be really fortified and fortressed in those. And I think Jesus wants to blow those up. He wants us to be much more open to the reality and the millions of ways that he brings us to himself. So let us pray as we celebrate Jesus coming in our presence. And Jesus, we pray that we always might have joy in your presence. And it's not so much about you coming into our presence, but we coming into your presence. Let us not be offended by you or scandalized by you, but let us be with you as we come into your presence and your reality changes us into you. Help us to know that there's joy 
in your presence and in your way and how amazingly beautiful and infinite that is. And we pray to, to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is near. Lord, let it be about you showing us and rejoicing in your presence for always. Thank you for coming to save us in and through your incarnation. Amen.